This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. All right, so everybody's a little fatter in this episode of Off the Break Podcast. We had our turkey, and we had a reasonably fat box office where everything kind of performed about the same. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of like mid-range openings, but we had a lot of them. We didn't yeah. have one at the top and everybody else under 5. It was like was it? 30, 30, 23, 17. Yeah. It was like, "All right. Yeah. We're rolling now." Yeah, just a little bit for everyone and not just like a big explosion just for one title, but you know, it was a good variety of things and people recognized that, I think. Um I was seeing uh through the grapevines of the internet that in 2023, like the t- total box office was around 173 million, and compared to 2022, which was 134, and 2021, which was 142. No, I mean that's it's good. Yeah, it's it's all growth, which is good. That's that's what we need is incremental growth. We're not going to see, you know, they don't have four Spider Mans ready to go to release in the same year to blow the doors off. We got lucky with Spider Man at the end of 21. We got, I mean in our minds lucky with avatar performing the way it did yeah. at the end of 22 and you know we don't have that big 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 title at the end of december but solid growth not having you know like we did during the pandemic having three months off with no films right open to more than 10 million like we can't we can't survive that but we can survive these little you know reasonable openings mm-hmm. that keep and, and they're for diversified audiences we had horror and we had pg animated we had two pg animated at the two. same time oh god and they it both was, performed pretty well yeah it was so great to see like little towns do reasonable numbers for yes yeah. this is the first time we've seen them since i mean paw patrol was one that kind of like stepped out of the box from like five to thousand dollar openings yeah for small places but like after the summer where it was just little town movies with indiana jones and mission impossible and sound of freedom and, it was like okay these are perfect for the flyover states. These yeah. are the movies that we need. But then it was like a doldrum. And it's like, okay, Hunger Games and Trolls. And we still have Wish to play. And Wonka is going to be, you know, a middle America pleaser. Yeah. Singing and dancing. It's not going to be, you know, one of these huge ones. Yeah, but, but it's, it's PG. I mean, we haven't they, had a PG in forever. A PG, I mean, a live action. Live yeah. action PG yeah. with yeah. singing and dancing. Oh, I mean, it'll just be nice. It'll just be nice, and not controversial. There won't be any politics in it. It'll half, just half of you grand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> the funny half, I hope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not the snarky British half. Yeah. Well, that, that I think is the funny part. <laughs> That's what we hope for in this yeah. one. We don't need him to be the rom-com good looking guy. No, he's he's beyond that he's, now. He's orange and he's two foot tall in this one, so I think we're okay. And I hope he has a drinking problem. <laughs> that would make it even better. Just a little hint of it for the adults to be like, I understand. I get it. I am that Hugh Grant. If I was two foot tall, I might have a drinking problem too. And orange. Yeah. Now, for <sighs> the, my takeaway from the Thanksgiving box office was I was just very pleased with the consistent performance of all the films. Like Ken said, they were diverse. They hit multiple audiences and coming from the perspective of an operator, it was just nice to be able to have full show times, a little bit more consistent spread out. You were able to traffic control people in better to those show times. When you have a big blowout film, 
you are just getting people in and out, in and out of that one film, and they just don't pass by the concession stand as much as you would like, or you miss out because they're trying to get their seats, and it's like mayhem, but when it's a little more subdued, a little bit more consistent across multiple films, and different types of audiences are coming in at different times, you just find that your per caps and your concessions should should have been up higher, and, and, I, you, and I think they were for the most and part. And with the diverse selection of films, you keep your matinees evenings and late shows all f- full you do like you keep yeah. them reasonably full of people going through which is awesome yeah. that's that's what we need is that consistency but i mean big shout out to sony and disney over thanksgiving with all their titles mm-hmm. making things happen with the bookings making yep. schedules work not being beholden to this two weeks for all of our openings, three weeks for massive openings, yeah. making sure that this oh. is our film is the most important film. It's like, no, our, your film fits in the box office. Right. It fits in the schedule. We have a place for it. We want to play it. And thank you for working with us. Oh you, my gosh. Do you yes. think it was a rare occasion then where they recognized what the landscape was going to be for that weekend. So they went along with it. I or think do you so. Think it's I, think they, I think it was part of that. I think it was yeah. a lot of data they got that like, well, we have, both Disney and Sony had three films. Mm-hmm. So it's not a necessarily change of the times and their strategies, but just them recognizing with data as much the as, moment. As much as I would love this to be a change of the times, like more flexibility on policy from the studio. Mm-hmm. One time deal. Yeah, would be awesome. <laughs> the reality is this is just, it's just the landscape that we saw at Thanksgiving and, um, and it's just nice to know that even Disney, who showed z- no flexibility at all with their previous stuff, mm-hmm. showed some flexibility here, and it really paid off for everybody. And yeah. they, and I think it, it was just really refreshing to work with, and it, it w- did a lot of goodwill towards exhibitors by being flexible. And we're already seeing signs of that from Warner Brothers, where they have three films in December mm-hmm. in three films in 10 days. Yeah. And, but they're already trying to find ways to work with exhibitors, which yeah. is amazing. That's what we need in this industry. And that's what, you know, the, the sales, I think the sales staff realizes it, but it goes higher up than them where right. the release schedules get set. We have to give information as film buyers to the sales staff, to the sales managers and say, this is what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And then they relay it up. And most of the time it falls on deaf ears, but this time it, it rung the right bell and, and we were able to get right. all these films where they needed to be played. And we had, you know, I, I don't want to say success, but reasonable success with these. Right. All coming in, playing their show times and moving on. And then we're seeing. I even held some, you know, like I held over some things that normally would have come off. But because of the flexibility and putting it at the right show time where, where butts were put in seats, we we held it and we kept it going. And that's, you can't make money if it's not on screen. And I know every exhibitor has been like screaming this for the last five, 10 years to be like, if, since the in- intervention yeah. of film, <laughs> well, no, since this like really crackdown on these third weeks and all right. these clean schedules, mm-hmm. it's like you make these policies, but if it's not on screen, it can't make money. So why are you, why are you hardlining this? Because some accountant somewhere theorize that if it had a clean schedule the third week you would have made x amount of dollars more well yeah but then you made nothing the a week after that because nobody wanted to deal with you why do you want to make money wrong yeah <laughs> yeah no we're seeing a ton of you know moving things and i hope it's the beginning it's the first wave of a sea change i hope that's the case mm-hmm. and it, it should be there should be a lot of data like we got with uh 
Five Nights at Freddy's where it had this huge opening and then dropped off. Like where they see like, okay, maybe VOD wasn't the right way to go. Right. Immediately, day and date. Maybe we do it the 17 days like they have with everything else, which they're going to do with trolls, which they're going to do with everything. Yep. So it's like one of these things like we have data now on this. Like we can show you how this works and it just has to hit that right rung on the ladder. It for does. Them to go, okay. Yeah. Like this, this makes or sense for us. Or that right analy- analyst for some Wall Street, you know, yeah, somewhere investment it, firm that it's like, oh, this makes more, much more sense. Who, like who, they talk to the right person at exhibition finally. The, who might have actually seen a movie. The right yeah. person at the right time. Right. Because you know, after a success, like you could have told Disney this after Avatar. You could have said, hey, you know what? We could hold it weeks five, six, and seven in these places if we can stack it because we're yeah. going to play older films anyway that we missed and they'll allow stacking. We can do this and make this happen yeah. kind of a thing, but would have never listened to it. No. But then going through the end of October and early November, they're like, let's let's do this. And it's like, oh, it's so great to see that. And then they'll forget in a few weeks. Correct. Yeah. No, it's it's that goldfish mentality. What have you done for me lately? That's what we, I mean, that's what we traffic in. And that's right. that's our business too. I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, we opened uh, Journey to Bethlehem at your theater and it did not do well. <laughs> right. But, what else do you got for us, Sony? <laughs> but next week we've got Napoleon and we've yeah. got this and we're always moving on to the next film and it's always it's always better than it was the week before and if it's not then we got something else the following week and that's that's our our job is to keep looking at the future and keep putting you know we we talk about people moving the goalposts but that's us constantly moving the goalposts like look if we go a little further (laughs) we've got this on the horizon no i think um also with, with the way the films performed over thanksgiving obviously when you read the trades there's always doom and gloom yeah critical analysis and most of it was directed at disney and wish they're like oh it was 200 million dollars and it underperformed and they hope it'll leg out and and tracking suggested it was going to be much higher going into the weekend but i looked at the landscape and said you know, Disney's having some real issues with their branding on their original mm. animated content. People don't trust that the that A there's cert- not going to be politics or yeah. certain things in mm-hmm. these films. So Disney has to win back that trust on on that a little bit. And so that knowing that going with that movie going into the Thanksgiving box office, you had an alternative in Trolls right there. Like usually there's only one animated kids movie, not two. So I think that Wish performed very well um, against an alternative in Trolls. And the combination of them would have been what one, you know, animated Thanksgiving title would have done. So I do think they split the market. And I do think that for either one of them, one didn't perform any higher than the other. And so I think it was just, that there was two options and families took e- either option. Yeah. yeah. What fit the show time and how young their kids were. I mean, it's, but it was so awesome to have two animateds at the same oh. time. I mean, we get this where they run into each other after two or three weeks in the summer, but never at the same time. Like there are family options at the theater yeah. right now. And we're going to get that again reasonably like you said with the pg wonka and and migration and migration yeah i which i can't wait to talk about in the coming weeks a lot of analysts are looking at hoping that both trolls and wish play through the next holiday corridor but i don't see either one of them making it past wonka and migration i just don't see them play i don't see wish playing through 
the holidays and becoming the elemental that everybody wants it to be, I think it'll pretty much be done and off screen. Have you, have Perhaps. You, yeah. yeah. Because and, there's other options. And this is a rhetorical question, but have you seen that gauntlet at Christmas? Oh my there's gosh. There's like seven wide release films. Yeah. I and, had to. And they're all quality. They're all like A titles. <laughs> For the first time ever. I, this is a little insider trading, but I work off uh, a very sophisticated computer system that we have developed and paper worksheets because I'm old school like that. <laughs> and I've had to double up on my worksheets Get because the there's, times, man. there's too many films. I had to do two sheets because there's too many yeah. films. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But there's, again, all these titles are super diverse. I mean, we're seeing yeah. tracking that's out of this world for A24 films at Christmas. We're seeing... I mean, we have, yeah, we have like A24 art films and neon art films. We mm-hmm. have the full family gamut between Wonka and migration and then we have like the superhero like you know young adult men in aquaman i, I mean and then I'm we just... have mgm's boys in the boat oh which, is, which, which has... you could take grandma to yeah i, I mean and color purple so yeah. you hit all audiences all range of emotions that you want and, to experience and, and god forbid something works like godzilla or silent night this coming oh, weekend and then you then you have that to throw in the mix as yeah. something else on top of it and it's like holy cow like there is a lot of film it would have been i mean we're gonna do some playoff in in january but it would have been nice to spread spread the, the wealth yeah. a little bit and the word of mouth for godzilla real quick seems to be really strong right now it's starting mm-hmm. to build buzz but i just don't know what the outreach of that buzz is going to be if it's going to get into the general public's eyes or if it's going to be for very specific ages or demographics who like that uh sort of um uh monster movie type it is of thing the, it is the godzilla for the old school godzilla people it is japanese with english subtitles mm-hmm. it looks very much like the old style like special effects monster feel like it sure. yeah. feels super authentic old godzilla movie made in the modern times yeah no it, it and i think looks... that's what people are really excited to experience yeah not necessarily like the studio notes type of monster movie but one right. where it's like we're going back to like the origin yeah like when we first more made authentic movies. yeah like, yeah it does feel like that in the sense no i'm really excited about it and it's with emic who does you know an awesome job of working with us on schedules allowing different oh show times yeah. and so when we get there, if it works, you know, it's a, it's a nine o'clock show through the end of the month. Mm-hmm. If it, if it works and if it, if it doesn't, then it's off after two weeks. We're not, we're not fighting. We're not pulling. Yeah. Any. No fuss, no muss. Yeah. It, it worked or it didn't and they'll play schedules. But when you have seven films coming out at that time, it's, everybody has clean screens and multiple screens and then there might not be a show for it, which is unfortunate. Right. We but, did run into a little bit of that issue at Thanksgiving where people, and studios were like, well, I'm willing to do a show. Well, I don't have a clean a screen that I can do shows I have, on. I have, I have six so ma- screens and are, six clean films. Yeah, and, that are mm-hmm. all all clean, and I can't sacrifice a show time for you. And we're talking about, you know, locations with multiple screens of six and up. With with little guys, you're you're playing 25% of the product that comes out. That's yeah. all that's available to you with one or two screens. You're yeah. seeing just a snapshot of what's available. Because you're limited by these restrictions, but in being limited, you focus your audience, you find films that work for your audience and, and make mm-hmm. it happen. But it is a it is a struggle to fit, to, to build these schedules and create it and fall within policies. Yeah. But that being said, Kyle saw two movies 
and he's going to give us the quick rundown, the long rundown on Napoleon, hopefully. Yeah. Want me to start with this? Napoleon? Because so, that was kind of a surprise. You know, it mm-hmm. going into it with the long run time and you had Hunger Games, which was a known property and two kids movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of thought Napoleon was going to be like low man on the totem pole. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, it just really shot up. So how how was it? Is Ridley um, Scott back? That's what we want to know. Well, is he ever really back? I mean, or gone? Ha- for every Martian, there's a House of Gucci. Every American gangster, there's a Robin Hood. You know, like it's very, it's you very up and shut down your mouth about yeah. Robin Hood. <laughs> I can't it believe you put Robin Hood out there. I wanted to test the waters on that one. I oh, wanted to see how big that reaction loves would Robin be. Hood. <laughs> Do you see fire in his eyes? We're going to go through with our year-end wrap-up, and we're going to do... It's like I took off my glove and slapped him on the face. Your proponent for your raise just became your enemy. (laughs) Yeah. What is it, the uh, end of the year? Almost there already? Oops. It's almost the end of your year. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into Kyle's biased opinion on Napoleon. No, um, I joke, but I, I did like this. I think... What worked for me was that the visual scope of the war elements really took over for me as well as the production design because the movie does a really great job at putting you in the time period that it's all based in. And for myself, that's what I enjoyed the most. Although if you're looking for the, um, I don't know, wanting to know the inside look of Napoleon or the a better understanding of the historical context when it came to like his time as a ruler. I'm not sure if the movie quite succeeds at doing that, but at the very least it is one of those spectacle movies that doesn't feel like um, a, a big studio type of blockbuster feel that we necessarily have gotten to know all these past years. It does feel unique in its own adult sort of manner, but despite not really getting much context on Napoleon himself, I did like how really Scott and Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal was a was both um, doing a good job at showing like his cunning intellect, but also making him come across as pathetic. Like it, it I not that I really know like that's who he was. I you know I thought well, there, there, I think like there's a, an element of that because in, the history has just portrayed him that way. There, yeah, yeah, you don't get that same sense of. Like that little man syndrome with somebody like a Caesar or George you know, Washington. Or, no, I uh, suppose not. Yeah, yeah, you just don't hear that. So I, so I think there is a conscious bias in even the history books that said there is a pathetic element to him. Yeah, exactly. Also, he's French. It's <laughs> stop it. It's what it's. It was one of those things where I'm like, I've heard this from other people, but like I myself haven't looked into whether that's true or not. And I don't know if really Scott did that even himself but at the very least i just like seeing joaquin phoenix play pathetic really well i saw that a24 movie earlier this year where he does that like excellently Bo so Bo is afraid yeah yeah thank you i was spacing no you're good name. i was but, looking at cody um, <laughs> to make sure i was there you were there I yeah, was. that was the one yeah. um so him doing that again but at the same time balancing with like his um the intellect of napoleon i thought was interesting enough to where it kept me engaged with the movie but what i wish they also did more of was show the relationship between him and his wife josephine because that element really seemed throughout the movie that that's what really scott the director wanted to cover but i think with the movie being as long as it ended up being he knew he had to make sacrifices there so that way the visual 
elements and the scope of the battle scenes get the priority and get people to come to the theaters. I wonder that would be my guess. I wonder if it's like a demographics, like his audience is male and they were Mm -hmm. there for the battle scenes. So he knew he couldn't sacrifice that. Yeah. Worked for me. (laughs) And I do think that an interesting element is his relationship with Josephine, but I'm not sure that that male young male audience cares. Although I think they would, if it was, if it was made interesting to them. And I think he would be a director that could. Yeah. I mean, it could have, and it's hard to tell with Ridley. Like sometimes he is good at that. And then sometimes it's just a swing in the miss. Yeah. I wouldn't really. And I, and, and I would think like in this movie, from what I've heard, there was a lot cut up when it comes to that element of the story. But I think if people, people got into the battle elements early on in the movie, like you can tell, at my mm-hmm. screening, I would think they would also be later on interested in like the personal life and um, his love towards Josephine. Yeah, that was the uh, the rumor when it got announced and it got a date that it was going to be a four hour long movie. Yeah, that there was a yeah. four hour cut, and that'll be something I'm sure. With Ridley Scott loves to do this is mm-hmm. have a director's cut of the film, and that'll be like the Apple Plus like excitement to sign up for Apple plus to get the four hour cut of the movie and you'll get all of that. But that wasn't his, uh, he doesn't have that cachet anymore. He's not Christopher Nolan. He's not Martin Scorsese. So he couldn't, you know, it seems like Sony was like, if you're going to put this in theaters, like we have to take this down. But even still, he got a three hour cut and it was $200 million budget. Like, I don't know. There must be a, he must somehow be able to have the cachet to pull that off at least. I don't know if it's going to continue like Nolan and Scorsese, but this might have been his last one Yeah. in terms of that type of big cachet that you were mentioning. Yeah. No, where he had a, a shot. I mean, they're going to redo Gladiator and things like that. The, but oh, the sequel. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but he's, so maybe that's the last but one. But <laughs> he, he and Scorsese are like the oldest of the old school directors. Yeah. So they're like the last of that generation where it's like let me make my movie (laughs) whatever it costs whatever i gotta do and then you know like you said i that's why i appreciate his movies because of the grand set pieces but i think that's what big everything feels everybody is saying they love the big battles they love that stuff if it could have been cut down further or edited a little bit cleaner i'm sure that it would have done better i'm sure the runtime Mm -hmm. hurt it given the amount of other product in the marketplace you couldn't give it the multiple screens and the multiple show times it probably deserved so you're yeah. still it's still performing within kind of a rigid scope of maybe only having in a smaller complex a single screen and at that runtime you only got two to three show times mm-hmm. when you could have doubled it up and had five to six i mean it there is some of that element in it you don't know how much money was left on the table because of the long run times i will I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys or not, but I went on a Tuesday and I do that pretty frequently throughout the year, but usually there's not a crowd on a Tuesday, even with the discounts. Like I don't really see that many people showing up. Like there's not large crowds that day. That's why I always has dentist appointments on Tuesdays. Yeah. (laughs) I'll be gone. And it might be three hours. Really Scott might be (laughs) there. It's going to be my dentist appointment is going to last two hours and 45 minutes plus trailers. I mean, three hours. But when I showed up, there was a lot of people there. There was a line going from the uh, ticket booth out the door almost. And it didn't look like that there was understaffing issues. And it just 
came across surprising to me. So I, at first I thought it was just like, oh, Hunger Games. Like th it still is getting like a big pop and it just wound up being a good day for people to go out mm -hmm. and watch it, I guess, after Thanksgiving. So I guess that kind of makes sense. Still a surprise. But then as I'm sitting down, there's no one at my screen quite yet. But sure enough, it's a pretty sizable room and it ended up being three quarters full even yeah. for a Tuesday discount. So I think people are a little price conscious right now. That's, that's fair heading into the holidays. So maybe, and, but the movies are good and they do want to see them. So maybe it's just a looking for an opportunity and this might be a good thing for exhibitors mm -hmm. seeing if maybe now they can't do some discounts or some promotions at the concession stand to, ease that price consciousness but also keep getting people through because there are such good movies to get them in the door totally but i think yeah what i just i guess i was just blown away by is that people were recognizing that these movies are worth going out to see mm -hmm. like it's been a tough pill to swallow for someone who likes going out to seeing these movies like not seeing people you know kind of agreeing that they're worth going out to see so it just was a really great pleasant surprise to see even on a discount day, which I understand mm -hmm. them doing that, that would, that, that it seemed like that they were there for that reason. Like it, there was just too many people to where it's like, Oh, we'll just happen to go see this. Like they made a conscious effort to yeah. go out. So, uh, yeah, it was just, yeah, that was a nice feeling. It was cool. And then what was the other movie you saw? Salt burn. Salt burn. Okay. So tell us about that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you, you didn't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was curious by this movie. It seemed like it was going to be like a dark satirical com commentary on um, the the on social classes, like of the rich and the elites um, being, I don't know, as dumb as they are looking down upon like those who are not like them. Mm -hmm. But it turns into more of a revenge tale in a way. And I just, at the end of the day, didn't really come across its story nailing down what it wanted to be. Like, I, I wasn't sure if it was trying to be either of those things or even just trying to be a, I guess, vibes only movie to where you're just in it for the long haul. You just like the aesthetic that the movie has. You like that, uh, the sexual tensions that are going on or the this, the deceit that's going on between the characters and you're just in it for the moment. But even still, it's just a hodgepodge of practically those three things to where I just didn't find any of it rather interesting. Um, despite there being good stuff within it, like production design is good. Um, the cinematography I thought was very good. The actors are doing a good job and even some of the comedy does land. But at the end of the day, I just came out feeling empty in the wrong ways like it felt empty that i didn't really get a hook on any aspect of this movie that it was trying to be so i just left not having any sort of impact by it it's the yeah the the story of having if you have two quarterbacks you don't have one mm -hmm. you have you have a horror movie and you have a drama and you yeah. have a comedy and you put them all together and you're like what was that yeah exactly <laughs> um and it can that can happen obviously lots of movies have proven that you can do a lot of elements and still come away with a successful story and one that's interesting but at the end of the day i just didn't find it interesting i just found myself being more bored that being said like as 
the trailers kind of hinted at, there is a lot of um, shocking sexual elements that are in this, but I think that would be for those who see this movie on a whim that don't watch those types of movies very often. But for myself, who watches more than most people, I just didn't really feel like it was that, like, shocking in that sense. Like, it's shocking in the moment, but at the end of the day, it's just like, I don't know, even still, I just felt like it was forgettable almost. I know that it was a difficult movie to sell in the aspect of like, why should I book this movie in this theater at, at Thanksgiving, Mm, which it's like there Thanksgiving and Christmas. You just don't want to watch movies like that because it's family time. It's usually more positive. And so those are hard. I mean, we had that cannibal movie last year at Thanksgiving that just with Timothy Chalamet that just didn't work. (laughs) <laughs> and it's just they're just some I films. liked it <laughs> right but it didn't work in the marketplace no, because no. it's the timing was wrong that people yeah. aren't in the mood for that so I think this film suffered a little bit from that is that it was poorly timed at the holidays when it's not a holiday feel good film and there wasn't a lot of room but so. also especially in our country that sexual deviances and um hedonism is not there's just such a small audience for films like that and so and that audience that's w- that's okay with stuff like that like what you're saying gets gets it so it, mm-hmm. you have to like really go crazy or just have it be superbly done and i'm not sure that this um, had it unless there's a, a billionaire who speaks american english that picks the frumpy girl out of the crowd yeah yeah <laughs> then it works then it works <laughs> but then it works at certain holidays valentine's day when you want that stuff to work yeah when love is in the air right right so i do think that it was poorly timed it, the subject matter was just not thanksgiving and it was just really hard to convey because it doesn't feel like what is the elevator pitch of this story and i was just told over and over again it's uh it's a descent into like sexual hedonism Mm -hmm. on screen and that's not really something that exhibitors are like yay let's play that (laughs) so it's just a hard thing it's hard for exhibitors it's difficult for audiences to wrap so if it was hard for me to sell and we're in it can you imagine kyle who goes to more movies than everybody in the office combined yeah he couldn't put his thumb on the pulse of what the movie was it's it's a challenging sell right yeah for sure um i was surprised by people around me liking the movie um because i they're just depraved were they, kyle I were they hipsters think, no, no no not hipsters but yeah no, i think i think there was a depravity a yeah when it comes to like movies that involve sex or um feeling sexy yeah. And this movie does have elements of that, and it's done fine. But again, I I just I, I mean I'm happy that people liked it for sure. Like I'd rather come out being the only one not liking it while everyone else was like weird, strange. Yeah. But I would say that was a good time. But um, yeah, for myself, I don't know. I just was it, I, at least like that people are interested in like something different at the very least right. it just didn't work for me so we've got to add a new rating system yeah. to all of our movies from now on did this movie make kyle feel sexy yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just a thumbs up or a thumbs down, yeah, no, no, thumbs down. <laughs> i suppose with that scale i guess yeah. and then it's yeah. it's preset to yes so when he doesn't change it it's like a teenage mutant ninja turtles 
Thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> Weird, oh, no. but okay. Oh no, whoops. I gotta change it quick. <laughs> I like this. We'll have to test this one out. I like this new Might Kyle. Work. <laughs> Kyle, the sex appeal of the office. Yeah. <laughs> well, being the youngest one here, yeah, you have to be the gauge of that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It falls on the burden falls on you, Kyle. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. We'll have to hire somebody in their early 20s to take the pressure off of you. I understand. Everyone's time comes to an end. Yeah, <laughs> He's eyeing 30 people down, way down the road. At least, still. I, at least I can chow down cupcakes again. I yeah. miss that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Kyle brought a very depressing article to us this week. No, it wasn't not, depressing. depressing. The title was depressing. Title. Yeah, but when you read it, it's like, this is a bunch of bull. It is <laughs> like, such bull. Some, sometimes... Uh, variety and Hollywood Reporter. I'm looking at you guys. You just don't know what to write about, and you just throw these odd things out there. Who's about, an easy target? Yeah, Click, about the industry. Titles. Yeah, movie theaters still. All right, right. Let's take their lunch money. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they have so much left after film rental and taxes. It's and only a nickel. employees. Yeah. yeah, so it literally is like taking a kid's lunch money. <laughs> yeah, in the 1950s. <laughs> so this new article. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> This new article uh, from Variety is called Christmas at the Box Office Hinges on Aquaman 2. Movie theater owners are worried. So, yeah, initially when you read that article, you're like, oh, boy, what's this going to be? I'm like, who's – well, my first reaction was who was thinking that the box office hinged on Aquaman 2? That, that, that's true, too. <laughs> I was, I was like, like, what? <laughs> but apparently, according to this article, there is one theater they interviewed – I don't know, out in the Midwest or something yeah. like that. I, it didn't say It's a where. chain. It's a mid-level chain of theaters. It's, gotcha. it's very successful. I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't want to downplay this theater at all because when we eviscerate this article, it's a reflection on this theater. It's not. They are right. very successful, very into the industry people. It, they just have a different philosophy and strategy with their theaters than maybe what we would have here in the audience with or in the office with ours. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so when interviewing them, they mentioned that for the past decade, they have become used to a practically billion dollar movie at Christmas coming out of Christmas every year, which I double checked like, yeah, 2013 Hobbit, right. Hobbit two, it was billion dollar movie. So I was like, a I, decade, really? I was, was thinking that about that between every other year of a star of the three mm-hmm. star Wars films and avatar was in there. I would think in the last 10 no, years. No, no. 2009 like, was the last yeah. one. 2000. Okay. Well, then Hobbit, there was Star Hobbit Wars. and then a couple Spider-Mans y- y- and, no Aquaman, and, yeah. a, and an Aquaman. What the first one was a billion dollar mm. film. And so, yeah, I guess if you look at it that way, there had been at least one huge film every so, year. So based on them being used to that after a decade, which is fair, a lot of us right. have like this past year and a half, we've also been, coming to terms with like what this landscape is shaping out to be that came to variety's conclusion that well if they're concerned about this all the other theaters must be concerned about this but to be fair every theater is concerned every weekend about their box office that's the they you obviously look at concessions but if you see if you're if you own a chain of 12 theaters and you're looking at your numbers you first see aquaman 2 opened a 150 million dollars like yes i got a piece of that pie Mm. like no matter what my box office says i got a chunk of that Mm -hmm. and you're like okay that's a good number well when you see a bunch of 30 million dollar openings you're like Uh oh "Oh, no yeah but it's still a piece of the pie we're working with right now post-pandemic it's a whole different thing i think what they were saying was 
not only were they used to that billion dollar opening, but they were used to the film carrying on through January. So that's, I think, the important component was that it opens. It's huge. You get this record box office weekend at Christmas. It's all great. But then that film carries you through January when there's usually like nothing good that comes out. So they're obviously worried when they go to look at that and they're like, okay, where is my billion dollar film? There's not one because there really hasn't been billion dollar films this year to speak of other than, you know, like Mario and Barbie, Barbie and Oppenheimer. And, you know, so there's only been less than a dozen, half a dozen. There are three of them and not from Disney. Right. (laughs) So, so you're looking at that. You're, and I could see as an owner, you're, you're kind of freaked out, but the article just made it sound like it took to me a lazy exhibitor's perspective. I just need one film to carry me through. Well, no, you have multiple screens and mm-hmm. there is multiple opportunities there to carry you through. And they did come in they did come around and say from another exhibitor, it is nice not to have one film suck up all because trying to get people through that crowd control component that I spoke of earlier is a real issue. You just don't get people hitting the concession stand because they're all trying to get herded into these certain show times for this one film. Yeah. So instead of being like positive, like looking at the being like, we have migration, which will be great for kids. We have Wonka, which will be great for families. Aquaman will be great for the, you know, male older crowd, you know, the teen young adult teen. Yeah. The teens, you know, specifically. And then we have three art films for adults, Mm. including some that you could take grandma to. So, Mm. I see so much potential to like really cultivate great experiences for uh, your whole audience that for the four demographics that you really want to get into and get them in at different times and, and maybe multiple times because there are different experiences to be had. And I think that's what we saw at Thanksgiving. And I think we're going to see a repeat here at Christmas, but this article didn't look at that at all. They just, like we're relying on this thing that has happened for 10 years. Well, what happened to all of the Christmases before the last 10 years? You know, it's a lucrative time, but they didn't, wasn't just one film that ran away with everything. Well, even in the article, they tried to say that, yeah, there's not a runaway billion dollar movie, but, um, but instead we're going to have like a hodgepodge of, different types of movies that can play well opposite of each other, but they're saying that's not going to um, offset the absence of a billion dollar tentpole, which I'm thinking, yes, obviously not, but it's also a good thing to have options and opportunities for audiences to pick and choose. And if you can build five films into one of those films, why not? Right. That's the whole point Mm -hmm. of having a multiplex. Otherwise you would have, it a was single ne- screen chain. It was yeah. never supposed to be for one thing. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. we should go to these the for anything. The last 10 anything. years have really, I, and so it could be that the article was written from a perspective of people that are just newer in the industry. They're not veterans that have been yeah. around for 30 been, or 40 years. We and have literally been used to a decade of billion dollars being easy to nail right. down. I mean, 2019 what was there like six or seven yeah but the aggressive highs and lows like you would think that they looked at any of this that we've had yeah it's just i feel like the way where the industry is going in my perspective and i'm not old okay but i've been around longer than 10 years is that we're going to more of an old school 
movie going experience Love where it. there's Sign me up. yeah where there's lots of options nothing really like cannibalizes anything else it's just it's just all these little different experiences and when something really hits it hits what we you know leg out in the long run and becomes something later cult classic on streaming like mm -hmm. it's gonna it's slowly starting to turn back into that which was what we want we want more consistency especially exhibitors we want to know that we're gonna have at least a few films every weekend that are gonna do a little bit of business so we can we can budget expenses around that. We can budget labor around that. We can budget our concession buys around that. We can, the mm -hmm. huge highs and down lows are just so hard for exhibitors to operate around. Yeah. So yeah. If you could operate a theater based on the baseline, the 52 week average. Yep. Like that's as, as film buyers, people work with theaters. That's what we would love to see. I'd love to see every weekend have a $30 million opening Yep. for the entire year. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, if if that's what we saw every weekend versus, uh, one hundred and fifty, and then five. Oh my god! <laughs> for the next big op big right. opener, and yeah, it could totally. be for the next couple of weeks. You never know, and it's just that that's just so awful to work with. Mm. I, mean, I, I mean, kudos to the studio to get that. You know, the studios want to see see that, and the I don't big blame number them. Helps the C suite right. people, gets everybody excited, but yeah, to see consistency is what we strive for. We've never seen it. But it would be nice to see some consistency. Right. To have it play longer. But this idea that Aquaman is the thing, I mean, Flash opened to 50 or 55 million, Barely. something like that. Yeah. Something open to something like that. And Aquaman was not, it, it did leg out and do a huge number at the end, right. but it wasn't a, such a massive opening that they made greenlit Aquaman's two through five. Right. It wasn't that big. It wasn't that impressive. Well, let's also, just, let's also put it this way. Captain Marvel and um, Aquaman 2 came out the same year or around the same time. They both made a billion dollars. Look at the Marvels. Look at the sequel to Captain Marvel right. that, you know, went down with a thud. Aquaman 2, with the way the landscape's going, I mean, I don't really think it's going to be that big of a thud, but it still isn't going to crack a there's billion still some for sure. There's still not some leeriness like with it. If it makes yeah. $100 million as a DC property... It would be amazing. Yeah, but I, no I think, I think fifty to seventy is much more realistic. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be thirty to forty. I just don't see it being Oof. huge. I, I do think there were some elements back when the first Aquaman came. There was some excitement still over the DC universe. Jason Momoa was, I think, riding high with the mom crowd. That is not happening now. Game of Thrones like, was. I mean, he wasn't in Game of Thrones anymore. But, but he that wasn't still a but he wasn't still, a super known quantity, so he's still right. kind of like mysterious. What's this guy gonna look like on screen? Like you haven't seen him a lot. Yeah, that's true. But he I wasn't, think he, he wasn't everywhere just, like he is now. Yeah, that's a good point. He, he could, just hit a mom crowd thing that you're just not gonna get again this time. Mm -hmm. So not that it's terrible but the enthusiasm for him isn't quite there like it was before and i do think that Things that's what helped quicker. propel it a little for like pat beyond the fanboys it's like fanboys and moms got him up there i don't i think you're missing they a couple a, of those elements this time they found a way to get along during christmas they did <laughs> they were Man. like oh i will go with that to you we have something in common now great yeah <laughs> christmas won't be ruined yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure we're going to get that this year. But that's okay. I mean, that's not meaning the movie is terrible or he's washed up or anything. It's just the, the reality. You, you just temper expectations a little bit on yeah. it. And if this article had really looked into what's coming on at Christmas, 
hinging all of your bets on Aquaman, migration is going to be huge. I think it's going to be massive. Right. I think it's Wonka. Right. My, I think it's going to be Wonka that's going to. I mean, it's take got the it. extra week, which is good, but the. I think the extra week hobbles it a little bit. I think if it had come out the same time, uh, on the twenty second, I think Wonka would have taken everything because it is. I think a known quantity enough that people are excited. It doesn't look weird like the Johnny Depp one. Anna, you can take anybody, including grandma, to it. So I do think that that would have been the bigger one. What's funny is that I think kids nowadays, I mean, I'm, there probably were kids currently that have read the Wonka books, um, but they probably have also have watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory much more than um, the Gene Wilder one, mm-hmm. I would think. I get what you mean. Like, it's not as weird. So the parents are probably like, oh, this feels a bit more tame to yeah. at least give it a chance and go see it. Like, but... it looks cute. I think I could take the kids to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Warner Brothers, like, usually nails these. But getting, we'll talk about ratings next week when we get some finalized ratings. But getting a PG for this was huge. Yeah, for sure. Seeing that on there for, I mean, if you have a question in your mind, like, I could take my kid to migration or I could take them to a movie that I want to see. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Mm. Yeah. No. So I think, I think it having Wonka open a week early, well, it helps a little, like it doesn't really helped in my mind. It just burned a, a, your audience one extra week, but it, I do think that it'll hold through just as good as anything else opening that week will. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. I do think migration looks really cute, though. And I was a little worried when we very first saw stuff for migration, like, over a year ago. I was like, ducks? Like, what? And then I came to realize... You know, ducks! Just, that doesn't <laughs> seem very dynamic. But then I came to realize everybody, no matter where you live, has ducks. They like, fly, they swim, they walk around. <laughs> What's not real... dynamic about no, a duck? That's but... the relatability factor of yeah. it. Yeah, you've seen a duck before. Right! Like, but who Walks hasn't like a duck, seen... Talks like a duck. Who hasn't seen ducks? So... And then, and then as we got closer, we've seen way more little promotions with them, little more clips, and it looks so cute. And it's illumination. Yeah. I'm never yeah. betting against illumination again. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I think that's pretty That's pretty fair. Yeah. I mean, the the promos have the ducks in them, but they've been including the minions in all the promos that you see oh, because it's even. illumination. Even though the minions aren't in the movie, which they will appear in the movie, I guarantee it. Because Illumination, they know exactly what to do with Illumination's this. Illumination's logo is now a minion. Yeah, they'll yeah. pop up at some point yeah, it's in the movie. There'll be, there'll be a cameo in the background. Yeah, It'll after be credit scene, I don't know. Something. But putting them in there is, no, this is, I, I think you're you're lowballing expectations on this. I think this is, it's it's every bit possible that this goes Right, eighty to hundred million. But what a fun! I guess I've always, I've always gone into Christmas thinking, along with Ken, that migration was going to be the top one, um, given the issues with Aquaman because of the Amber Heard Johnny Depp stuff, the the all the stories about the reshoots, the poor you know screenings that they've had. Mm-hmm. Just it just hasn't been a lot of negative that I think fanboys are just leery of it. So going into it, I just never thought that Aquaman 2 was going to really take it um, and that migration was the really strong contender. But then as we've gotten closer, I think Wonka is like Dark Horse coming out of nowhere. Coming out of nowhere as a 4,000 plus location opening as the (laughs) most promoted, one of the most term, the second or third most promoted movie of the year. I just Maybe (laughs) that's my perspective because I'm like, ugh, scening and dancing movies. Gross. 
<laughs> I mean, there's that, but also just the Wonka, uh, the name of it all. Like when when I first heard that there was gonna be a Wonka movie, I just think back to you know the Gene Wilder one where I was like, man, if kids my age weren't watching it, but I was the only one, I don't see how kids now are gonna yeah. do that either. But at the same time, I did forget like there was the Johnny Depp one, around which was my too time. weird. I think, I mean, at the time, I think it did work, but it is too weird for, like, current audiences now, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, but also, the, I think the book, I think it's a, a, a doll book, right? Yeah. Ronald Dahl, um, that has gone on to stand the test of time. So maybe that aspect is something that I'm um, missing. No, yeah. I'm genuinely optimistic for what December brings. We'll We'll talk about January when we get there. Yeah, let's not worry want, about that. I don't even want to look at January. Why, why are we worrying about Christmas you know, when we have January? I like, think, let's enjoy yeah. Christmas. I yeah, think, exactly. Uh, I think there's always a time in the year where it's really good to have theaters shut down for at least a week and deep clean, and that might be January this year. Hey, uh, there, we got to find year, some new positive. me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just come in with that mindset. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Problem speaking solved. of that, we'll see you on next week's new podcast. But yeah. uh, we're done for this week excited for what uh, these little films we have on the first spring with Godzilla and the shift from Angel Studios mm-hmm. interested to see if their um, crowd outreach helps again yeah once again and sees this you know pop if it you know our tracking shows five million would be a huge opening but maybe Angel surprises us again with something else not to mention out. a little known mm-hmm. pop star called Beyonce uh yes <laughs> that's that. so interesting like we call these these little movies but it's like godzilla and beyonce like how is... <laughs> i know and it's what a cr- time it's crazy we're definitely not seeing the same kind of pre-sales anywhere close to what we saw with taylor swift i will the- just say that i think amc did beyonce wrong with this i think taylor got a whole month to herself where there was nothing else but now you put beyonce opening on the worst weekend Historically, Historically, one of the worst weekends of the year. Yeah, of of the year, which that's not very fair. And then to play through the holidays, like Mm -hmm. when there's so much other competition Mm -hmm. from the other studios, and then you give her a higher ticket price. Like, I know that's probably her dictating it, but they didn't do any help with that at at the holidays where people are price conscious the most because they're spending money on presents. Yeah. Like... I, it could have been January or even February. February oh, my God. For February Beyonce. for her? Oh. oh, that would have been so much better. So many movies would have pulled. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because it, it I think she would have really... That would have been her month. We would have had a little bit more time to promote it. Mm-hmm. And people would have been a little bit more willing to part with their dollars at that point. Yeah. I hope it becomes a surprise, but... I don't know. It was I a will tough just time. say, if it doesn't, then I do not blame Beyonce on that. I really blame AMC for doing her wrong. Oh sure, yeah. They, they know better. They know better. She wouldn't know anything from her ivory tower <laughs> up there eating diamond encrusted oysters for breakfast. She has her own movie theater on one of those floors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has a multiplex in her building. <laughs> yeah. oh. And it's all her own. Concert. All right. Well, let's get out of here. We've wasted enough time today for yep. our listeners. Sounds good. All right. right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Off the Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at screeninsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off the Break Podcast.